This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Good to see you out today. God bless all of you. Glad you're in the house of the Lord. You've done well to make church a habit on Sunday mornings. I applaud you for that. It's a good thing to do. If you need a Bible, why don't you get your hand up and our ushers will get you one. Um, before we get in the Word, I, I had this impression on me earlier in the service or in the first service. I kind of get that again right now just to share some things in my own personal life on how God's done some things. But uh, when we started this series several weeks ago, actually this is our fourth week of it, after about the first day that I, I spoke on that, it, it was like a spiritual attack came upon me. And literally, I had stuff within my throat, my my voice box, my lungs, everything. And I realized, man, something isn't right here. It's just like it snuck up. And so um, one day I, I kept fighting it and taking vitamins and stuff. And so the Lord just impressed on me to come in here. And I began to put on praise and worship. They have a box in here so I can put that on. And the, the Lord just said, just begin to worship me. So after about four or five songs, I was just worshiping God. And it, it was really healthy for me because I said last week, sometimes we do drive through. We do drive through church. We do drive through prayer time. We do drive through Bible studies, devotionals. And sometimes we get absolutely nothing out of it except the thought of, I did it. Like a duty. And so when I came in here, I, I just sat here and I had no agenda but to praise God. None. I said, Lord, I just come to praise you. Just as a song. When I just come to worship. And I just begin to pour my heart out to God. And, and literally, I, I begin to sense my whole body respond to the presence of God. And it's like I was healed just like that. Boom, just like that. And so something happens when I take the time to get into the presence of God, but I come with no agenda. Many times when we come before the Lord, we got a list, treat him like Santa Claus. But instead said, Lord, I just come to worship. And so I encourage you, get in that place where you say, Lord, I just want to sit at your feet today and hear you and watch what God will do. Go with me to the book of Luke chapter 17. We've been here before in this, this series. A lot of the scriptures today, you'll say, we've been there and we have, and we're just going to keep adding to them. Each week we'll go a little more, but we're living in some very interesting times, both positive and negative. The negative side is in our society, we're literally seeing the erosion of morals. And a lot of it takes place by what we see and what we hear on TV and movies and stuff like that. But understand this, that my behaviors follow my beliefs. And so it's important that you get in the Word of God because that's what will really set the, the tone in your life. What do you believe is what you'll follow. The positive side is Jesus is coming back soon. And so we're going to get out of here and it's going to be a great thing. But every day there's a battle for your heart and your mind. And so as a Christian, my worldview must be totally and completely the Word of God. And sometimes this will mean you'll have to ask yourself this question. What would Jesus do or what would Jesus think in this situation? And then i got to go with that and say, okay, if Jesus thinks this way or Jesus would do, this is how I'm going to live my life. Now, we begin in Luke chapter 17, verse 26. And as it was in the days of Noah... 
so it will be also in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. So what you see here, life carried on with them. Their everyday normal task of life carried on daily right up until the moment that the flood came. And so he said it will be like that for us. We'll be carrying on as usual. You may be going to work. You may be going to an event. Keep reading. Verse 28. Likewise, as it was in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. So again, he's, he's likening it just as they ate and drank and they went to work and they bought and sold. It'll be the same for us. Life will just seem to be happening and carrying on. But Jesus has another thought here in verse 30. And it says, even so will it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. So Jesus says, when I come back to take my church, when I come back to rapture my church, it will be very similar like it was in Noah's days and Lot's days. That life will go on as usual. And so what you'll begin to see is there becomes a tug of war in this thing called life for the things of God and then the things of the world. Now, go with me the book of 2 Peter. That's way back there in the back. You'll go to Hebrews, James, and then the Peters. And this will give us an insight. I'm going to be in 2 Peter 2 and 2 Peter 3, but we'll start in 2 Peter 2. It will be shocking to you to see how much Peter talks about end-time stuff. And so as we go through this today, I, I want you to get the mindset that they are revealing to me and you things that will take place here on earth that pertain to the end times. Now, we begin in verse number 1 of Second Peter 2. But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you. It's going to happen, guys. Who will secretly bring in destructive heresies. Destructive heresies. Now listen to the definition of heresies here. It means substituting self-will opinions for submission to the truth. People professing opinions independent of the truth. So what you'll begin to see, and actually we are seeing it right now, you'll see clever human opinions become greater than the word of God to a society. And they'll begin to say, well, people said this, and well, people do that. That's why it's important that me and you, we purpose in our heart, I'm going to live my life by the Word of God. Every day, that's it. I'm going to live by what the Bible says. That becomes my measuring stick. Keep reading. These destructive heresies, even denying the Lord. That's the sinner behind it all. Who bought them. And bring on themselves swift destruction. And many, not a few, but many will follow their evil or destructive ways. Because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed or it will be mocked. The very first thing that will begin to take place or one of the main ingredients according to the new living in that. It will be a shameful immorality will begin to take place. That's the first thing. Verse number three. By covetousness. The word covetous means greed. 
So you will see an immorality in their society. You will begin to see greed in their society. And he says here in verse 3, they will exploit you with deceptive words. One translation says they will literally be liars. Again, any man, including this man, you need to have scripture and verse, okay? And if someone ever says something to you, you can ask them, where's the scripture and the verse found by that? Because if they can't give you scripture and verse for it, you better get rid of it, all right? Because it will be very deceptive in the days we live in. He goes on to say, for a long time their judgment has not been idle and their destruction does not slumber. In other words, it's going to happen. There's going to come a day when this thing called earth is over. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them to the chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment that last day, and he did not spare the ancient world, but he saved Noah, one of eight people, a people of righteous, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly. Now, in studying this on verse 5, where it says that, that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. When we go back and study this man named Noah's life, Noah gave, or God gave Noah 120 years to warn the people what was going to take place. To repent, and when I use the word repent, remember repentance is I confess it out of my mouth, but to, to truly repent, I ask God for a change of heart. So for 120 years, Noah was telling the people, repent, repent, repent. But for 120 years, they rejected the word of God through this man. Now, it says he was a righteous preacher. You know how many people that Noah won to the Lord outside his immediate family? Zero. The only ones that made it with this righteous preacher was his wife, his three sons, and their spouses. And so there will be a great rejection of the truth. That's why I got to live by this. I got I to say, Lord, give me an appetite for the word of God. Keep reading. Verse 6, And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, he condemned them to destruction, making them example. An example to who? To those who afterward would live ungodly. So he said, listen guys, this was an example for the people of, of uh, the earth that followed them. You don't want to do like they did. Verse 7. And he delivered righteous Lot who was oppressed by filthy conduct of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Now what begins to take place with the word seeing and hearing? That as we go through this place called earth, the things we choose to see and hear will re begin to impact our lives. Whether good or bad, what are you seeing and what are you hearing? Now it's been said this, that if a person watches three R-rated movies in a matter of like a month's time, the stuff that that person sees on those three movies, what he sees and what he hears will begin to change his behavior. Just those three movies. Now, we can all sit here and debate and say, oh, they're just movies, Pastor. They're harmless. 
But when you think about the makeup of an R-rated movie, you're going to see murder, you're going to see violence, you're going to see a lot of blood, you're going to see some sexual junk. And so when thinking about that in our society, it's very easy for people to kill right now. It's not even a thought about killing. You see, people are killing people because they stole their hot dog. People are killing because they cut me off in traffic. But then again, I look at the other side of the things that he's talking about, and we can say, well, it's not healthy. It's not healthy. I was reading just this week that the guy who wrote all the Star Wars movies, he said that he realized through his movies he had a voice to change the opinion of people, and he was one of the greatest people in our society that believes in humanism. Uh Uh-oh. Same for the author of the movie The Matrix. So again, these things we see in here begin to try to shape our lives. So it's important what I see and what I hear. Keep reading. Verse 9. Then the Lord knows how to deliver or rescue the godly out of temptations and how to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. Now what he's talking about here is God will rescue believers that live for him just like he did Noah and just like he did Lot. But there's also a warning here for the destruction of the ungodly. Then we get to verse number 10. And especially, now when I looked at this here and especially, one translation says, and especially hard for those who walk according to the flesh in the lust of their uncleanliness. You know what the one translation says? They're addicted to filth. And it will be especially hard on those who despise authority. When I read those things, that's our society right now. I mean, we're addicted to filth. How many times have you watched the news lately and you see where there is rebellion against authority? It's rampant right now. And he ends with this in this verse and he says they are presumptuous. They are self-willed or self-ruled, and they are not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries. And so when I look at the word corrupt, the word corrupt in the Hebrew, it means evil, filthy, and immoral. That's us. Turn the page. Second Peter 3, verse number 1. Beloved, now I write to you this second epistle. In both which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder. Now, the word pure in this verse right here, it literally means in an ethical and moral sense. It means free from falsehood and without hidden motives. So he said right there, I want to stir up your pure minds. One of the way that happens for every one of us is when we read and study the Bible on a consistent basis... That the word of God changes the way I act, the way I think, and the way I talk. Now, I personally believe this for every one of us in this room. That if I'll continually to come to church where church preaches the word of God. And I begin to get into the word of God on a, on a consistent or regular basis. It will begin to change the way you think. The way you talk. And the way you act. Again, I will use myself... As an example, what you see today wasn't this guy 35 years ago, okay? 
But through the years of just believing the Bible, getting in the Word of God, and going to a church that preached the Word, it began to shape my life, and it'll shape yours too. It might not be overnight, but you stay with it. You stay with the Word of God. Verse 2. That you may be mindful or remember of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of our Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, that scoffers, that mockers, that blasphemers will come in the last days walking according to their own lust. Now the conflict that they'll bring, it will be literally to replace the word of God with clever human reasoning. Also, it will be a worldview that ignores the reality of the Word of God. There will also be a civil war of values. Welcome to America. Keep reading. And saying, where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep or died... All things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. So you know what he's saying right here? I've heard since the time I was a little bitty guy, Jesus is coming back. My grandfather used to talk about Jesus coming back, but he still hadn't come back. And so literally what will begin to happen, they'll not only be skeptics, but there'll be people that will begin to mock this and they'll laugh at this and they'll say stuff like this. You really believe that's going to happen? I do. I believe this with all of my heart. This is going to happen. Keep reading. For this day, or for, for this they will willfully forget that by the word of God the heavens were old. Now when it says willfully there, one translation says they will deliberately forget what took place before and they will conveniently forget it. I want to hear it. Keep reading. The word of God, the heavens were old and the earth standing out of water and in the water by which the world that existed perished being flooded with water. But the heaven and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, the very same word that God talked about thousands of years ago, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition or the destruction of ungodly men. But beloved, do not forget this one thing. That with the Lord, one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. And understand this, God's not slow. He just doesn't operate on our timetable. You want to know why? Read the next verse. That the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing or desiring that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The reason the Lord is long-suffering and not coming Because he wants to give every one of us an ample opportunity to respond to salvation. He doesn't want any to perish. But can I tell you something? There's still going to be people that are going to perish. Because they reject the things of God. Now, I'm going to give you a little illustration about how my mind begins to work. I'm, I'm watching sporting events yesterday. Actually, it wasn't just sporting events. Any ch- station you turn to, everything was on Muhammad Ali yesterday. And, you know, Muhammad Ali was a great, great boxer. Great boxer. But some of you may not realize this about him. He wasn't born Muhammad Ali. He was born Cassius Clay. 
And at an early age of his life, he said, I am committing my life to the religion of Islam. Now, I've studied Islam a little bit. And the Muslim religion believes this, that Jesus was a prophet. They don't believe he's the son of God. They just believe he was a prophet. Now, understand my thinking behind everything I'm getting ready to tell you. I base my whole life upon the word of God. Every one of us in this room will be judged based on the word of God. Nothing else. And so I think about this, and I'm seeing tweets come across the screen, one right after the other. Professional athletes saying, he was the greatest, da-da-da-da-da. And then they came out and said, but now he's in heaven. Now he's with the Father. Now he's at a place where there's no more pain. So not to be judgmental or critical, but I have to look at his life through the word of God. So I go to John 14, verse 6. It says, Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. The only way to the Father is through the Son. But yet here's a man that through the religion he chose to live by, he never acknowledged Jesus as the Son. He acknowledged him as a prophet probably. So I read between the lines. He's going to burn in hell, and I know that's probably not a popular thing to say. But again, the only way I experience eternity in heaven is with Jesus as Lord of my life. And so this stuff isn't always easy, but you must understand there's only one way to the Father. There's not ten. There's one. Well, pastor, there's a lot of different ways you can get to heaven. No, there's not. And scripture will bear it out. Now, go with me to the book of of Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24, and we've been here several times in the last few weeks. This time, we're really going to embrace, there's about 10 different things that Jesus said that we really need to understand. And this will all line up with the, the way our society is going right now. Now, watch how all this plays, Matthew 24, verse 3. Now, as Jesus said on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming in the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to him, take heed that no one deceives you. No one misleads you. The way I keep from being misled is I live by the word of God. Keep reading, verse 5. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. Many are going to come and many are going to be deceived. Now, that word there, deceived, it means misled. Led in a way that it is not truthful. Understand here in just a minute, I'm going to bring this word back up, but it's going to come into a whole different light today. Keep reading, verse 6. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Now, when I read that verse right there, I, I can go back to my childhood from the times I begin to remember things. My whole life, there's been wars and rumors of wars. I believe most of us in here would say that. that that's how it's, it's almost being like wars and rumors of wars are routine. It just keeps on happening. It keeps on happening. This will change it. Listen to the real meaning of this right here. This is real interesting if I can get there. Wars and dissensions among groups of people. 
conflicts. Listen to this next one. Border skirmishes. Listen to the next one. Race wars and national battles. That's America right now. And we got every one of those things occurring right now. I mean, people tell me there's not race wars. Are you kidding me? Are you, see, the only thing that cures race wars is Jesus, okay? That's the only thing, because none of us in this room are born prejudiced. Prejudice is taught. And if you're prejudiced, you need to get Jesus in your heart, because Jesus will change you. And if you're prejudiced right now, if you make it to heaven, you're going to end up having to live by a white person if you're black. And if you're black, you're going to have to live by a white person. I can say that half-heartedly, jokingly, because I don't have a problem with color or skin, okay? But understand this, when we see these race wars and these border skirmishes, all the junk, this is right now. Now keep reading and watch how this will all take place. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom will be against kingdom. And so there will be a time of dissension. And there will be famines. Devastation, and we're seeing devastation. Listen to what the next one goes on to say. And pestilence. The pestilence that he's talking about there are carriers of the disease. The latest one is Zika. We're seeing stuff almost every few months, this new disease come up. The next one. And earthquakes in various places. If I was to poll you in here and say, what would be the number one state in America... For earthquakes, most of us would probably say, California. Wrong. The number one state in America for earthquakes is Oklahoma. That in 2015, there were 907 earthquakes there that registered over 3.0 on the Richter scale. We've had earthquakes before, but now they were coming more and more frequent. Keep reading. And all these are the beginning of sorrows, are the beginning of labor pains. Now with the labor pains, there's labor pains, then there's the actual birth, and it's the fulfillment of it all. And so the same pledge is toward the end time. These things are going to happen. They're pledged to. Verse 9. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation, kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my namesake. And so he's talking about a death here that's associated with the explosion of antagonism toward Christians. There's a price to pay for being a Christian. Read on. And then many will be offended and will betray one another and they will hate one another. There will become a disloyalty. And you know what the disloyalty will be based on? If you're a Christian or not? Literally, families will be divided because some will say, I believe in Jesus. How many of this room have been isolated or uh, disowned because you're a Christian right now by family? It's become a more and more. You really believe that stuff? Verse 11. And many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Now, this is the one that 
really, really got my attention because of the word deceive in here. It's a different meaning for the word deceive. And I begin to cross references, and this one was literally shocking to me. This is Revelations chapter 9. You can come here with me. You can write it down. You can listen to the podcast. This is Revelation 9, verse 27. Verse 21. Revelations 9, 21. Listen to this. And they did not repent. They did not have a change of heart of their murders, their sorceries, or their sexual immoralities, or their thefts. So he's saying right there that there were four main events that people wouldn't repent of. Murder. Sexual immorality, sorceries, and theft. Now, most of them are pretty self-explanatory, but the word sorceries is the one that he says there will become an incredible deception among people. The word sorcery in this verse comes from a Greek word called pharmakia. The word pharmakia is where we get our modern word or English word pharmacy or pharmacist. So it will become a society that drug use is exploded upon. It's our society. Now here's the kicker on that. When you talk about pharmacy or pharmacist, you're not talking about illegal drugs. You're talking about over-the-counter drugs. So right here he tells us that the last days will be marked by a society that becomes dependent on over-the-counter drugs. Well, we don't have a problem with that. Is that why 7 out of 10 American adults are on some over-the-counter drug? So as I look at this, I think, right before my eyes, we are living in the end times. These are things that he said would dominate your culture. Now, I don't know if you saw this. You had to if you watched any news. But last week, one of the main topics on one of the newscasts, or all the newscasts, but throughout the day, was the, the big gorilla that got killed. And again, I, I, I'm, I'm not against animals, but to me, that's a no-brainer, okay? A monkey or a human... Sad, yes, it's sad that the girl had died. But again, we're looking at humans where people are more concerned about a gorilla than a human. But yet in our society, we abort a million kids just like that. So there's not a thought. But then again, this is something that didn't reach our news. On the same day the gorilla was shot and killed, there were 69 different people in the city of Chicago shot. No one even heard about that. Because, again, the murders and the things in our society have grown where we're callous to it to a degree. So we go back here. Oh, boy, Pastor, you've got to hurry. Verse 12. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. You'll begin to see ones will begin to depart from the Christian faith to the wisdom of men. But he who endures till the end, who stays with it, he who perseveres under pressure to the end shall be saved. 
And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations. And then the end will come. And so the last things he's telling us, there is going to be a worldwide declaration of the things of God to all people. But understand that the ten things that I just read, they will begin to multiply and they will begin to progress rapidly. How rapidly? Go with me to First Thessalonians chapter 5, and this is what we'll end with. First Thessalonians 5. And some of you will say, Pastor, we've been there, haven't we? Yeah, we've been here too. First Thessalonians 5. As you're turning there, let, let me just say this to you that I had talked about this being a five-week series, and I could make it a five-week series, but last week, Caroline, who's in here. Caroline, raise your hand. There you go. Get it up real high. She caught me after the service, and she said, you know as well as I know, five weeks isn't long for this. You need to preach on it longer. And I said, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I respect her, her age. As long as she served the Lord, and her exact words were, all generations need to hear this, because this is reality. Will I tell you, is this popular? I know it's not popular. I've had comments about how unpopular it is, but you know what? It's still the truth. And so we really need to hear this, okay? 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 1. But concerning the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should even write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. He's going to come as a thief in the night. So we can say this, that the day that the Lord's going to return, it's not going to be marked on your calendar. Like we know July 4th is coming pretty quick. We're not going to have to worry and say, hey, hey, this is the date he's coming back. Get it together, dude. You got about a week, all right? That's not going to happen. But he uses the analogy, he's going to come as a thief in the night. And so when a thief comes in the middle of the night, he comes unannounced. If you knew he was going to come when the time he was going to come, the thief, you get your lawn chair out and you get your sawed-off shotgun. And you say, come on in. Do you know Jesus? Yes, well, good, you're going to see him real soon. Bam. Joking, okay, okay. But again, see, he uses this analogy, you're not going to know. So what do I do about that? Well, he tells me right here. Verse 3. When they say, people say, peace or all is well and safety or security, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. Now, this is the second time that we've read today that he likens it to a woman that is pregnant or having labor pains. Now, I, I, I can't speak on this because this has ever happened to me, okay? It's happened a little bit by observation. That, that wasn't real good observation. I didn't do good in the emergency room, the delivery room, okay? They asked Shelly, how are you doing? And she said, I'm great. And the nurse said, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to him. They'd bring a little ammonia in. I, I didn't do good, okay? But when you talk about labor pains, again, the woman gets pregnant and there's a great anticipation that the day that any of us have had anyone that has gotten pregnant that we're close, man, what do you do? You tell everybody, we're going to have a kid, we're going to have a kid, yes, yes. The anticipation, and then 
It just keeps happening. It just keeps happening. Just keeps progressing. Just keeps progression. And then when it comes close to delivery, they start having labor pains. And those labor pains start out very mild and, and they're, they're spread apart. But before long, they become more intense and they become more, more frequent until ultimately, whoop, there it is. This is what he's telling us. That the things that are beginning to occur in our world, they're going to start happening more frequently. And, and they will start out mild, but they're going to get more and more intense. So I, I read this verse this week, and I'm thinking about it. And you look at the, the weather in Texas the last month. And it doesn't matter if you go toward Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, or even in origin. You know what you hear people? I've never seen it rain like that. Call it. Did you see what happened? Did you see? And so have we ever had floods? Yeah, we've had floods before. But they're getting more frequent and they're getting more intense. And this is his warning. So what do we do? Verse 4. But you, brethren, you're not in darkness so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We're not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do. Don't, don't, don't just put everything off in the kingdom. But let us watch and be sober, self-control and clear-minded. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day, let us who are of the light, be sober, self-controlled. Putting on the breastplate of faith and love and as a helmet of hope of salvation. You know what he's saying here? Instead of being so caught up with the patterns of the world. Sleeping, getting drunk. He said instead... Put on righteousness. Put on faith. Put on the breastplate. Put on the helmet of salvation. All those are found in Ephesians 6, verse 10 through 18. And so he's telling us, get my priorities shifted and right. And he goes on to say, For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation. How? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't see any other way in that verse. He didn't say, and put on salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. And P.S., if you want to hang out with Buddha, that'll get you in too. He didn't say that. The only thing I find in there again is salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now understand this. If you don't agree with me, that's okay. But everything I base my life off is this word right here, okay? That's it. And you can try to convince me otherwise. You're not going to convince me, okay? I've been on both sides of this book. I've been on the sinner side. And I realized in my life, there's got to be more to life than how I've lived. If this is all there is to live, that you do this and you sin this way and you sin that way and you die and it's all over. My life is messed up. But I remember when I gave my heart to Jesus, something began to change. And that old man began to die and my life began to have purpose. And understand completely here. I was created by a heavenly father. Who wonderfully and fearfully and skillfully created. My father wasn't a monkey, okay? If you believe that, bless you. I don't believe that. I believe I was created by a God. Who said he knew me before I was ever in my mother's womb. 
And his plans for me are that a good, not evil, to give me a future and a hope. Keep reading. To obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus, who died for us, who died for you. That whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Therefore, comfort, encourage each other, and edify, build each other up, just as you also. And so when he's talking about here, and we're to comfort. Just a little while longer, and we're going to be out of here. We're to comfort each other when we fall. Say, get back up. Come on, come on. Get back into church. Get back into the things of God. Come hang out with us. We're not perfect, but we love the things of God. Come worship with us. You know, the Bible tells us to lay hands on each other, to pray for each other. And so I want to encourage you today. Man, we're part of the kingdom of God. We're part of the family. And many of you in this room who've done life with me for years, you're more close to me than than my blood family. And I know there's many of you in this room, you would die. You You would die for me. I know that. But it's the same way. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.